Through two preseason games, there's a lot of reason for excitement, especially in the Steelers' offense. But I want to talk about the process Kenny Pickett has gone through to get where he is and if it's time to believe the hype about Kenny's success. We'll talk about that. Najee Harris versus Jalen Warren and Nick Herbig. What the heck is he doing to be so special? All here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by Nick Faribault of SteelersNow.com. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers. Your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content like we had this past weekend. Check out the Sunday episode where I gave my initial reaction to the Steelers preseason win over the Buffalo Bills. As always, you, as always, like I said, you can find the show in all those locations. And today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try by visiting BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp Online. As I said before, we're joined by Nick Farabaugh of SteelersNow.com. He's back on this show. Uh, we, we always have his partner in crime, Alan Saunders, on, who will be on on tomorrow's episode, so look forward to that. But, Nick, it's glad to have you back on. And the question I got to ask, Nick, as – we see the success of the Steelers' offense in training camp. The first-team offense has had three drives, three touchdowns of plays that have gone longer than 25 yards. Kenny Pickett has been anything – you can't say anything short of efficient and, and, and processing the field. And there's a lot of Steelers fans who are excited about it, but there's also those who will say it's just the preseason. Where do you think Kenny Pickett is right now? And do you think it is time to buy in on his ascent into uh, to, into being one of the NFL's better quarterbacks? I think it, it kind of is. And, and the reason why I say that is, is we have a legitimate pattern of just linear growth from training camp last year to now. He has looked really good in training camp. I think that's the first thing. He just looks like a starting NFL quarterback, like baseline traits of guys I would look for kind of how he goes through his reads, his pocket management, how he leads an offense, how he commands respect, his communication, how he changes calls and protections. He kind of has the veteran feel of a starting quarterback in year two. And then there's the other attributes that maybe aren't leadership or intangible based that look mm -hmm. better, right? He looks stronger. And so he has a little bit more juice behind the arm. He's more comfortable reading NFL defenses, and so he he's more willing to take chances down the football field. And so there's just a lot of things that build upon each other, and you can see his work. I think, you know, people will point to the touchdown pass to Pat Fryermuth, obviously. That was a great pass. That's one pass that he probably doesn't make last year, right? He looks up the scene. Right. The linebacker is too Darn it, you know, his back, and that's that's a ball you should throw every time. If you are a good yeah. NFL quarterback with that linebacker going up the seam like that on your starting tight end, you make that throw. He put it perfectly to his shoulder. That's a great ball placement throw, and that's part of his kind of processing, but it also showcases, man, this guy can make some throws that I don't think people give him enough credit for that he can make, and I think that's the big thing. But I think the other thing is the pocket movement. Like, he, his pocket movement – is eons better than it was last year. Yeah. And I think the play that gets overlooked from yesterday is that third and seven 
before the Jalen Warren touchdown where Kenny Pickett feels the rush, steps up, gets out through that right side, keeps his eyes downfield and finds Allen Robinson for a first down. I think last year he tries to backdoor that, run it. He, he kind of runs into pressure last year. Right. This year, just so much more, so much more calm. I think that's the biggest thing. He makes everything look easy right now. He's commanding this offense. And I don't think the play calling has been dramatically different. It's it's a lot of similar concepts to last year. I think Kenny Pickett is just seeing things differently. You go back to the touchdown to Pat Fryer. He had Najee Harris wide open in the flat if you wanted him. Seven yards. He was, wi- he was wide open. He yeah, was wide open. There was no one there. Uh, he, Najee Harris is big enough to where he probably gets that first down anyway. So you could have done that. But no, he, he was like, I got to make that throw. I have to. And so, yeah, it's time to buy in on Kenny Pickett. I don't know the level that we're going to expect Kenny Pickett. No, no. Are you expecting him to be a, a Kirk Cousins level guy this year? Or are you just expecting, you know, a, a Jimmy G type? Are you expecting higher than that? I don't know, but can he be like a top tier quarterback? I don't know if I want to go that high, but can he be in that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr tier? Like, why not? Jared Goff had a good year last year. Like that tier, a guy that is like 15-ish in then next year where you have a guy that took a leap like that from year one Mm -hmm. to year two, then he can start to talk about top 10. Like, yeah, I think that's a natural progression for Kenny. He just looks really good, man. He looks more than like a game manager. Like, he looks like he is going to start to elevate guys around him. And I think that's a big thing. I think that's a big – that's a huge thing. That's what you want your quarterback to do. I think that's uh, – you know, Trevor Lawrence took a, took a similar similar step up uh, last year. I, I really think that one thing that Kenny Pickett brings is his leadership. I've said that a lot. But when I say leadership, it means like he's it's, it's everything else is rising around him. We got to catch up a little bit with Najee Harris after the game. Uh, we're going to talk about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in the second segment. But I want you all to listen to Najee Harris as he talks about the offense's progress from top to bottom, not just um, not just him, not just uh, not just the offensive line, but everybody. And even talking about how when I ask him about Kenny Pickett, he's like, yeah, he has taken he has taken up a step up but so has the entire group and that's kind of the point here was what Najee Harris said when we talked to him uh Saturday night after the game Najee how has the offensive line coalesced this year how have you seen them kind of grow as a group to create more opportunities for you guys yeah man um I think that you know just them spending some time together obviously uh it's three years now some guys already meshed together you got Dan and Chooks um you know Mason coming in there um this is his second year with us but you know, James second year and with the uh, addition of Isaac, you know, just uh, them spending that time together in the offseason and bonding each other. Uh, I think that, you know, it's really showing and us just, you know, being in meetings with them and trusting them. Um, as you can see, two games, two weeks in a row now, you know, we, we popped some big ones off. So it's good to see that from my first year now, you know, we're, now, we're you on it. you encouraged by the proficiency of the offense, explosive plays you guys are making? Yeah, that's what we always talked about, man. It's um, splash plays, that's what we call it. So. Um, you know, it's always good to see these, these big splash plays that's, that's going on right now these past two weeks. Last one, what's different about Kenny's command this year that you've seen? I know it's just preseason in, in training camp, but how have you seen him grow? I don't think it's just Kenny with command. You know, I think it's all of us. Like, you got A-Rob who, just, who came as addition. He has probably the most experience. This is probably his 10th year. Uh, talking to him, um, you know, he brings a lot of experience in here. Um, you know, obviously Kenny being a quarterback, he, he has the, the biggest voice. But, you know, you got Mason on the line to play a lot of football. I'm in my third year. Um, you got a lot of guys who played a lot of football. So really, you know, um, everybody's really accountable for each other. If anybody is slacking or that, you know, we pick each other up. Um, you know, Kenny, 
<clears throat> him, be, him being his second year, you know, he takes more command, which is good. You, you like to see a quarterback do that. You always like to see a quarterback take command like that. But, you know, he knows that he's not alone. You know what I mean? He have a lot of guys to back him up and who uh, gives their own opinion on stuff too. So, you know, that's good. So there you have Najee Harris talking about a few things there, there, Nick. Um, I, I was really impressed about, you know, a few things and how, what he addressed there. You know, I was trying to give him a, a, an angle to talk about Kenny Pickett in a positive light. You saw him kind of be like, it's about the team, man. Like, like as much as it's, it is to praise, you know, Kenny Pickett for where he is, something that you were kind of talking about, like this whole group has grown together. And I think that's part of what's happening here is that Kenny Pickett, he's not just playing better. Everyone's kind of rising up around him. And that to me is going to make the offense better than if just Kenny Pickett just turned into a, a super weapon by himself. If, if that, if that ever happened. Yeah. I think they have a really good mix of one, of course, a great coach and Mike Salmon that is able to meld a locker room around each other, young, old, whatever. But I think the other thing is they have a great mix of veterans that have won or know what a winning team looks like. And then they have young guys that are ascending, but those young guys are guys that have won at the college level. And what I mean by that is George Pickens and Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington won national championships at Georgia. Najee Harris won national championships at Alabama. Kenny Pickett won an ACC championship at Pitt. So these guys know what winning looks like. Winning football is contagious, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise because winning is 100% the goal of every team, but not every team goes into every year with this, like, hardcore mentality, right? Like, this is how we can win. This is how we do it. We have a mm -hmm. clear, concise plan of how to win. The young guys know how to win because they've won in college. The older guys, like Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Patrick Peterson, all these guys know and have been in the NFL long enough to guide these guys through an NFL season. And so the defensive – veterans in my opinion along with guys like Allen robinson coming in are able to guide a kenny pickett a george pickett a Najee harris even a guy like deontay johnson who maybe hasn't fully been there yet in his career you know entering year five now you're able to guide those guys that they just have a lot of winners on this team and i think that's a big thing that the steelers have started to look for with this rebuild they want winners they want dogs, if you will, right? That is a thing. They want those guys because winning's contagious. And I think that's what Najee Harris is talking about here. And part of that is Mike Tomlin knowing how to bridge that culture gap between that young and old group and running it full. It doesn't fully happen without Coach T being the driving engine that he is. And in my opinion, the best locker room coach in the NFL. I think that's what his biggest strength is. I think he's an elite culture builder. And I think – this group right now built by young winners that know how to win at the college level. And then you have veterans that have been there and not just like veterans that have been in the NFL. We're talking about guys that are future Hall of Famers, all pros, right? Yeah. So that's the difference I think between that. And, and so I just think you have great veterans teaching young win hungry guys to win at an NFL level. I agree. It's a great observation on your part with about talking about the guys that have won championships. And I do think that's something that the Steelers have been looking for in college lately. You know, they want talented guys like Keanu Benton and out of Wisconsin and Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin, who we'll talk later about in this show. Like you get guys like that, but you also want guys, like you said, that are part of those winning or those winning type of, of, of clubs, of organizations, of, of programs that know, Hey, this is what it takes to get to that level. And we're driving forces on like Najee Harris was a driving force when they won a national championship. Roderick Jones, a driving force, George Pickens, you know, not 
a driving force because of his injury, but he was a big factor in them in them in, in, down the stretch there when he came back and he was healthy. So I'm I'm right with you. And then of course Kenny Pickett was the driving force of Pitt winning an ACC championship game with all that he did. I want to talk about Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. We'll do that in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. So don't go anywhere. I'm your host Chris Carter here with Nick Farabaugh. But first, before we do anything else, I want to remind you this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. With life being full of twists and turns, it's important to show up for yourself through all of them. I faced plenty of times in my life where I've needed to sh- needed to, to shoulder on certain several burdens, but I didn't know how, and I would find answers thanks to help from good therapists. BetterHelp their Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. With therapy, it can take a few tries to find the right fit for you. BetterHelp uh, makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed and they have a special offer for our listeners right now get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on that's betterhelp.com slash locked on for better help therapy online back here on the locked on Steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter here with nick farabaugh nick Wanted to uh, check in with you about the Jalen Warren, Najee Harris debate because it is all the rage right now. And listen, I get that there are multiple sides here. What we're going to do on this show today is we're going to try to give you, and I, I talked about this after the game too, because I addressed this in some ways, but I wanted to address this with Nick as well. But looking at this situation, there are people that are saying that Jalen Warren should just start. There are people that, 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 that he's just better. He's just a better running back. And there's people saying, you know, saying, hold on a second here. Now, I agree that Jalen Warren has shown very important value to the offense in a lot of different aspects, and he should absolutely get playing time. But Nick, do you buy into this notion? Of, I've said my my piece on this a lot on this show. Najee Harris is your RB one. Jalen Warren, Jalen Warren is a really good RB two. Do you buy into this notion at all? that Jalen Warren should be the full-time Steelers starting running back. So it's a tough evaluation because the metrics absolutely bear out that Jalen Warren was a better running back last year. But also, like, it, it doesn't fully take in all circumstances to me because when Najee Harris is in the game, there is one man that they are keyed on, Najee Harris. When Jalen Warren is in the game, I don't feel like defenses are keying and game planning for Jalen Warren. And I think that is a key distinction because you will see teams do different things when Najee Harris is in the game. They will send more slot corner blitzes. They'll key their edge rushers to just run up backside. Meanwhile, when Jalen Warren's in the game, it's a little different. And they offer different skill sets. Like these are two vastly different running backs. And so when people say Jalen Warren is, is a far more explosive running back than Najee Harris, I say, absolutely he is. But we knew this. Najee Harris was never an explosive running back. That's not what his strength is. His right. strength is to be a power runner that gets hidden yardage and to be a guy that can really run in between the tackles at a high level while still being a competent pass catcher out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. That is what he is. What is Jalen Warren? Probably a guy that is more one-cut slice and dice. Outside zone run for 62 yards on a touchdown. That's his game. But how much is he going to run duo up the middle and bang down low with linebackers at a high level? I know he has the toughness to do it. I'm just not sure he can get hidden yardage 
like Najee Harris can get it, right? And that's something that I think people overlook. Jalen Warren has some really good traits to him. His efficiency is obviously there. He's a really good pass protector. He was the third down running back last year. Like yep. people forget that he supplanted Najee Harris. But does this does this this performance give some notion that Jalen Warren should be the RB1 of this room? I, I just I don't see it. And I, I say this because one, I don't know how much Jalen Warren can carry. Can he carry 30, 25 a game? I think that's asking a lot. Remember, Najee Harris did that his first year, and it's mm -hmm. not healthy to have a running back room that does that. Najee Harris has done a nice job to earn 60% of the carries and the snaps in this room. That's what it was down the stretch last year, 60% to 40 in favor of Najee Harris. Mm -hmm. That's probably what it should be this year, maybe 55-45, if you want to go there a little bit more. But I think people forget what Najee Harris did down the stretch last year. Man, he was the engine. Like, he yeah. was largely the engine of this group. He was the engine that they ran on. He gets those tough yards. And I understand he's not the most efficient running back all the time. But listen, he was dealing with the Liz Frank injury last year. Yep. Teams are keying in on him. You think with a better passing game, if the passing game is as good as it looks this year so far, you think Najee Harris isn't going to get more running room when teams are starting to key in on George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Pat Frymuth and Kenny Pickett in the passing game more? Running backs naturally just need more help to get more efficiency out of their games. And with Najee Harris not being some explosive back, that's naturally going to happen. But let's not act like he's not a good running back. I think that's the big thing here. I think people are acting like Najee Harris is some mid-running back that – can't do a lot of things. You know, I've seen people comparing him to like, you know, bust like Trent Richardson. Folks, this is a guy that has nearly 3,000 total yards for two through two seasons. It's rare company to be in. I know that's counting stats, and he's gotten a lot of volume as a result of just being the, the main running back, but he has set milestones in the in that, that a lot of guys just have not hit. He doesn't just do that through pure volume. He's a good running back. And he's a guy that should absolutely be the lead dog because he can be the lead dog and get exactly what this team wants, which is those tough yards. He can be a goal line back. He's a great pass catcher. Don't forget his clutch plays down the stretch last year. Baltimore, that was a great catch. I know Kenny Pickett gets the shine there, but I think people forget how good of a catch that was by Najee Harris skying up. I just think that – Over Roquan Smith, by the way. Yeah, over Roquan Smith. Like, I just think people forget what Najee Harris can do and forget the type of running back he is, man. It's not always about, you know, the numbers that are hardcore. And Jalen Warren is a great running back who I have said to, to have Austin Eckler-like abilities at times. I really think that. I think he's an awesome player. Uh, he's one of my favorite running backs to watch in the league. But, like, let's be real here. Najee Harris is still a really good football player. And so I, I just – I can't buy – pushing down Najee to push up Jalen Warren. And, and again, I, I think that the answer here is if you want to see more Jalen Warren, you will. Like, I made this comparison on the final word. In 2007, Willie Parker got a huge share, like close to 75% of the Steelers' carries. And that's when, you know, Mike Tomlin made the quote, you know, run him to the wheels fall off. And that has been a stigma that has stuck with Mike Tomlin since he says that literally in his first year of coaching. And that was back when the number two option was Najee Davenport behind Willie Parker. Uh, and then in 2008, when it when they added Mualdi Moore, it dropped down to about 60% or so. For uh, for Willie Parker as far as a share between him and uh, Moldy Moore, so 
you know, I, I look at that. I, I think that's what you're looking at here is that like Najee Harris is still going to be that guy that gets 60 plus percent of the of, of the carries. But Jalen Warren's going to get his fair share and their change of pace is, imp- is important. You know, I, I think that, you know, if you want to do a comparison, I said this on Twitter the other day, but like LaShawn McCoy and Darren Sproles, LaShawn McCoy, great running back. Awesome. Did a lot of things, but he did not have the home run speed that Darren Sproles had. And they were, they were changes of paces off of each other. And that's what made them both being dangerous is that one would get you one way and you had to game plan for him, but you also had to game plan for the other guy because he could hurt you in a different way. And that's where you see the, the, the importance of having two different guys that do that. And like you said, Najee Harris is built to take, 20, 25 carries a game, keep chugging, not fumble the ball, keep pushing the pile forward and be that guy. Jalen Warren's built for more about 10 to 15 carries a game, if that. And, and uh, But in those situations, he gets you the good yards. And I said this yesterday, if you go look at his touchdown run and compare it to the two runs that Najee had uh, on, the, on, this, on the Saturday night game, Najee Harris, the, the Bills were there. And honestly, they should have been stuffed at the line of scrimmage. He pushed forward, took turns zero yards into three yards. Jalen Warren, they call a fake jet sweep. It, it pulls the safety away from the, from the side of the play. The Steelers offensive line blocks everybody. Deontay Johnson blocks his man. No one even has to be even worried about by Jalen Warren until he's 20 yards downfield. You just don't see that often with Najee Harris because teams are, key, like you said, teams are keying in on him. This is what I, I said this all last year. People didn't want to believe me. They were like, oh, you're just sticking up for Najee Harris. I'm just telling you how it is and what I see on tape, and it is clear at this point what we're seeing on tape. And to your point, Nick, it's not anything bad about Jalen Warren. I like the way that he runs. I had Eddie Faulkner. We, we had clips of him on this show, and we talked to him in last year's training camp before we even saw him play in games. He said, Chris, he was our number six running back of the 2022 class. We loved that guy. We just were waiting to see what who would take him. No one did, so then we got him, and we were ecstatic about it. And that's the Steelers value this guy. And I, I think he, he brings tremendous value as a number two back, but as a number two to back and and that's where i think people need to relax and come to and come to reality about the situation yeah and listen i also think just this in this league right now if you're a number two back you're a starting player like yeah i think people don't understand that like it's like three wide receivers right like you need three receivers you need two backs now like Jalen warren is basically a starting running back and and, but let, let me let me kind of take you through the second half of the year here mm-hmm. this is the amount of carries that Najee Harris got in each game he was healthy last year and played a full game in. 20, 20, 17, 12, 24, 16, 22, 23. That's the car- the amount of carries Najee Harris got last year in most games. Do you want Jalen Warren, and do you think he can handle 22, 23, 20, bang, 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 back and forth like that, plus the receptions he would get? Because if you're using Jalen Warren, why would you not use him in the passing game? It's one of his biggest assets. So that is at least 25 touches a game. Do you think Jalen Warren's going to hold up like that throughout the year? What I would rather it be is I would rather drop Najee's kind of carries a little bit from 23 to 22, make it more around that 17, 18 mark, get Jalen Warren up to around 11, 12, make it a 60, 40 split which is what it was in the last two weeks of the season when they even had some pony set. You remember the Baltimore game. There are ways to get Jalen Warren more playing time without being a detriment to Najee Harris. I think that is one thing that is true when we talk about this debate. But I think one thing that doesn't need to happen is all of a sudden we need to make this big flip turn and say 
man, Jalen Warren needs to be the guy getting those 23 carries. He needs to be the guy getting 70% of the snaps. I think that is such an overreaction and prisoner of the moment take. I just think it is in terms of what people look at and look at the film and what teams do. I think it's overthinking it. I just think you're overthinking what Najee Harris is to the team. You just are. I'm not going to say he's like some elite running back, Mm -hmm. but he's a pretty darn good one. Yeah. I want to get to the clip of Najee Harris explaining that there's a plan for how he's being used. This was him in the Steelers locker room uh, Saturday night after the game. How do you feel? Do you need more or are you okay? I mean, two carries. I mean, do you need more? I mean, you know, we came in with a plan. Um, I talked to Coach T at the start of camp. So, uh, you know, I'm just following, following him, following Coach T, you know, whatever he said, go. Does that make you just ready to get to the regular season so that you can get in there and be more physical, things like that? Yes, but no. You know, like, of course I want to play more. I, I always want to play more. I want to I want to get my feet wet, too, in a way. Um, but there's always a plan to everything. Also, though, but these, these young guys that we have need, need, need this experience. They need these reps, um, you know. And to be in his fourth year, but you know, this this is the best he looked all four years he's been here. Um, this is my third year, it's the best he looked all three years. Him just, you know, um, I think him just playing with more confidence and everything. And looks amazing all camp. You know, obviously Jalen, this is his second year. <clears throat> um, you know, him just 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 getting comfortable on the layout and everything. Um, and we got a lot of guys in the backfield too. Uh, the receivers that we got, you know, Darnell and um, you know Calvin. This is his first year being back off the list, Frank. Him just getting comfortable, getting a lot of reps in the game. You know, he needs all that. Um, Darnell needs reps. You know, you have um, – I forgot, man. So many people. Um, but, oh, there he is. You got um, Brock. Yeah. Yeah, you got Brock, man. Brock, Brock, Brock's in there getting some um, some some rest because, you know, this is a long season. So, for us just to come in there and, uh, and, and really just, you know, worry about each play and stacking bricks, I think that's good for the team and the outcome. No, what do you like when you see, when, uh, when see Jalen get the ball? I mean, yeah, he's a he's a he's a good player, man. So I mean, uh, I guess efficiency. I don't know how to answer that. He gets a hole. I mean, he he always says, "I see it and I hit it," huh? Yeah. yeah. So, so there you have Najee Harris addressing several things there, but one about his lack of carries. He understands, and I've said this before, I'm pretty sure the Steelers are telling him, "Relax, you don't. We, the, the team does not need him to ball out in preseason, get hurt again." And then start the season off cold the way he did last year with the Liz Frank injury. They want him healthy, ready for week one, and then they're going to ask him to turn turn it up. I think that's why you haven't seen him be that key playmaker all throughout training camp because he was a training camp warrior the last two years when he when he was practicing. I, I think they told him like, "Listen, Nashi, everyone knows that you're a beast athletically. Just need you to to be healthy for that." And then you know him addressing you know you know Jalen Warren and the depth of, and the depth of running back saying, "Hey, he's efficient. He knows what it is." I think Najee Harris knows that he's the guy, and he but he also knows that he's he he he, he the, the plan right now doesn't involve him, and so he's just being quiet, being a good soldier, waiting his turn until it's time for him to get the chances to carry the, the team again in the regular season. Yeah, and I say this as a guy that has watched the running back market evolve, that that's not always easy, right? It's not always it's not. easy to see. The guy that's behind you play at a high level. But I think nowadays, a lot of running backs are starting to appreciate the guy that gives them a little bit of a breathe. And I think it has to be. Because yeah. part of the reason that everybody kind of laments running backs is because they get so much 
mileage, right? You know, we talk about Saquon and, and Josh Jacobs. Well, we're talking about two teams here that historically in those tenures, whether it was, you know, with Saquon obviously getting hurt a lot, but a lot of those guys did not have a lot of breathers. A lot of them were playing 75, 80% of their snaps. And so there really wasn't a handcuff for those guys. And so the fact that Najee has a handcuff and only has to play 65%, 60% of the snaps, folks, it is increasing his chances, in my opinion, of getting a second contract. Uh, he's just he's not going to have the mileage as, as mo- most guys will on on them. You know, you look at the guys like like that have gotten the second contract, uh, Nick Chubb, uh, mm-hmm. uh, an AJ, you know, an Aaron Jones, um, because you look at, at who they had as as backups, uh, Kareem Hunt. Right. Uh, A.J. Dillon, uh, Jamal Williams, um, all these guys that have kind of been able to give these guys a little bit of a breather. Now they're able to play a little longer because if you run them into the turf, they end up washed earlier. And I think the, one of the key things has always been extend Najee Harris's career. And that's what they're doing here. They're playing the long game and the fresher Najee Harris is week one, the better he's going to be. And you know how, how big that can be for a Steelers offense, especially because they were bad in the red zone last year for the most part. What, what better weapon can you have than a 240 pound back that can he's get tough yards down? Forward. the goal line? Yep. That's exactly what's going to happen there. We got to switch topics. We got to get to Nick Herbig. But first, before we do any of that, I want to remind you this show is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. With football season about to kick off, FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long with FanDuel Sportsbook, the best sportsbook in America. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner future bet, you can get bonus bets for every time they win in the regular season. So just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. So if you're crazy enough to pick the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, you can still win prizes, If even if they don't, simply by them winning week to week. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Nick Farabob, SteelersNow.com. Nick, uh, the other Nick is Nick Herbig, and he has been dominating preseason training camp anytime we've seen him he's been the story a story the story whatever you want to say he's been a playmaker he's been a disruptor and you know you and i have talked about the moves that he he displays he has a ghost move already in his repertoire he 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 finds ways to beat people with with you know quickness with speed and with really good technique what is making him so good against people? Because now you're, he's doing this against guys, offensive tackles that are supposed to be better one, better, better talented tackles in the uh, in the NFL. Man, it's a few things, but I think the very first thing you have to look at is his explosiveness. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is so so explosive off the line of scrimmage. You look at his strip sack, and you can easily argue that right tackle false started. Like he got an early jump and still got beat to the edge by Nick Herbig. That's how explosive he is. But then he has this insane Ben. Like, that was an insane rep in terms of Ben. I don't know how he got his leg that far out in front of his other leg, but that was absurd. The ankle flexion and hip flexibility, man. So it's that. But I think the other part is, when do you see a fourth-round rookie with this many moves coming just out of college? Like, he's got a spin move. He's got a cross drop. He's got a bull rush. He's got a long arm. He's got a stab rip. He's got a rip and dip. He's got a ghost move. Like he has like 10 moves in his arsenal. Yeah, already. Reminds, like, I'll tell you what, he reminds me a lot of Alex Highsmith when he came out of Charlotte. 
And remember when Alex Highsmith came in, he had all these moves already just kind of stored in. Now, Herbig honestly has more. Than yeah, Alex Highsmith that's crazy. Did, which is crazy, right? Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, like that's kind of what he reminds me of, just a super polished pass rusher. And so that's why he's playing well. He's He doesn't need anything in terms of a pass rush flavor he's got the moves it's just about okay what's the plan what's the keys and he can play fast because he comes from a system that is very similar to the Steelers system Wisconsin under Jim Leonard runs a very similar front to what the Steelers do and so Mm -hmm. that's why they draft all these Wisconsin players and why you have TJ Watt and Isaiah Loudermilk and Keanu Benton and Nick Herbig on your front and the reason is guys the transition's the easiest it could be for these guys so Really, Nick Herbert can just hit the ground running. And, and that's the big thing, man. Athletic traits combined with great pass rush moves. And, and that is a rare thing to get in the fourth round. The only reason he fell to the fourth round is because he's 230 pounds. Because that's he's small. The only yep. reason. Yep. And here's the thing, Nick. They also don't need him to be this star player right away. Like this does. He 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 is the he he is a guy who comes off the bench for TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, which gives him time to further hone his game. But they're also in a position where, like, if one of them goes down, I, I think they'd be excited to see what this guy can do. And I think contractually, he comes at a perfect time because now let's say that this 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 lives on and he does a great job and he proves to be this really talented edge rusher. Now you have that guy under con- under a rookie contract, a fourth-round rookie contract for four years while you're paying T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith all this money. You'll have a chance to have the best pass ru- edge-rushing trio in the NFL on a rotation through the prime of T.J. Watt's career, through the prime of Alex Highsmith's career, and through the young part of Nick Herbig's career. And, only, and, and again, there won't be pressure on him to be the guy that whole time. And then eventually when, you know, it is time to say like, okay, TJ Watt wants to hang it up or Alex Highsmith or, you know, the Steelers can't pay somebody. He'll be right there waiting. And I think it's something that Steelers fans, again, you have every right to be excited about it because these aren't just flukes that he's putting on here. He's looking really good. Fundamentally. Dude. It's like clean wins too. It's, yeah. it's clean wins. And the thing is, he doesn't even have to be the main backup this year. Like let's, let's, Go out from T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Nick Herbig land. Folks, turn on the tape from last night and just put a put an, a glass eye on 54. Marcus Golden had a really good game, too. He did. He like, did. They got four legit outside backers this year. It's a far cry from last year when they scrambled to trade for Malik Reed and Jameer Ooh. Jones was the main backup. Ooh. Remember that, and then T.J. Watt got hurt, and obviously it just collapsed. Like this year, I don't think it's going to happen as badly if TJ Watt gets hurt, if Alex Highsmith gets hurt. If you have Nick Herbig and Marcus Golden to work with, and really between the two of them, you've got two completely different style of players. I Mm -hmm. love that fact too. Like I love that you have different style of players completely. Like TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith are, you know, these complete guys that kind of come together nicely. But Marcus Golden is wily veteran that's scrappy, that wins with power. Great run defender. I love that. I love that they have a plus run defender to offset Nick Kirby. Because that's like the one question I still have about Nick Kirby. It's like, how how well can he like set an edge, right? Right. We haven't really seen him like take on like, oh, there's a, a split zone blocker coming to just kick him out. 
Now that was a play yesterday, but he just kind of exploded up field and got around the guy. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to see just the tight end come at him and be like, okay, can you hold that edge? I think that's like the one thing we don't necessarily know yet. But I also don't really care as much when Marcus Golden can do that. I just I, I think they have a great a great nice rotation here to work with, and so I think it just it makes Nick Herbig play without pressure on his shoulders. I think that's a great thing for a fourth round rookie when this guy is playing at this high of a level and all he has to worry about is learning from three really good players. Cause he can take something from Alex Highsmith, which he already has. He's starting to take his spin move. He took the ghost from TJ Watt. Well, he can take some from Marcus golden too. If Marcus mm-hmm. golden sharpens his run defense and his hand usage there, like, how could you not be excited for Nick Herbig? I just, I just think this guy has the perfect set of circumstances to maximize his natural born tap. I agree. He's in a great position, you know, as far as when, you know, when the pressure be on him, as far as who he learns from, as far as an organization that values the position that he brings. And I, I think the sky is looking up for him as it is for a lot of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now. They've, they've, uh, They've, they've been playing pretty well, and they've kind of pushed them in a situation where there's reasons to be excited about how they'll start this regular season. But before we get to that, they got one more week of of, of, of the preseason. They play Thursday, I believe, um, and uh, they play the Falcons in Atlanta. They're getting ready for that there. The Steelers practice Monday and Tuesday. That Those are, those are no longer at St. Vincent College, but we will have uh, people there uh, to discuss what we see and, and how those practices go. Nick will be there, as he always is, for SteelersNow.com. Nick, thanks so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Let people that can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, guys, feel free to follow me at Faribault Football on Twitter, of course. Make sure to read the stuff at SteelersNow.com. Always putting out good content there. Uh, Make sure you also support Alan Saunders. I'd be remiss to not shout out my sidekick there. Me and Alan are kind of the, the duo at Steelers now. We try to bring the best content. And Alan, as you said, will be on the show. So I'm sure he'll plug it enough. But uh, Chris, thanks for having me on, man. It's always uh, it's always fun to talk Steelers and, and talk it, talk ball with a fellow ball knower. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that from you, Nick. And it is always great to have you on the show. We'll have you on back on very soon. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Find me here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, every day, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers, as well as giving you bonus content over the weekends like we did this past weekend. If you want my initial reactions to the game, go back and listen to or watch the Sunday episode where I broke down the explosive offensive plays and what led to a lot of their success. Also, if you want to help out the Lockdown Steelers podcast, go on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a positive comment comment do both at the same time you get a shout out at the end of the show like this person we've got tdj 7 who says love the show five stars just want to say i love the show tdj your love is appreciated much love to you thanks so much and thanks to everyone who gives us five star reviews out there we'll be back tomorrow with alan saunders of steelersnow.com recapping what we saw at practice and giving you more thoughts on how things are looking after two weeks of the preseason and just how ready this team is for week one against the 49ers we'll see you then on the locked on steelers podcast 